When I was a young boy, I did some headstrong things uh, where I got uh, what should have been done out of order. And I wound up doing some things backwards and had to go back and redo them. Just a quick example, I taught myself how to type on an old typewriter that my dad had. One of those old ones that was the solid black and you had to push really hard to make the keys go down. I probably couldn't even make the keys move today. Uh, and I was told by my mother and my dad, take the newspaper out and put it by you and just start typing what you read in the newspaper. That way you'll learn how to find all the keys. But oh no, I knew better. I learned that there was a sentence that would take all the keys in it. And so I learned how to type, what was it, the quick brown fox jumped over the lazy brown dog. I typed it over and 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 over. And that was the only thing I could type. When I'd look at something and try to do it, I could only type the quick brown fox jumped over the lazy brown. That's all I could type. So I had to start over. Got it totally out of order. That's just sort of the way I was. And it made sense to me uh, when a movie came out after I was grown, about 30 years ago, a movie made about a, a young Catholic high school student uh, in Pennsylvania who wanted more than anything else to play football for Notre Dame. The movie was called Rudy, and it was based on Rudy Rudiger's story. And he was a very good high school linebacker, but he was only about 5'8 and only weighed about 170 pounds. But he wanted to play at Notre Dame, and nothing would stop him. And he wound up making an unannounced trip to South Bend to meet with people and the football coach to tell the football coach, I'm going to come play football for you. But first he had to go talk to the, uh, the chaplain. And the chaplain couldn't understand what on earth he was trying to do. He was such a little bitty guy. And uh, the young man said, I've got to do this. I've just got to do it. I know I've got to do it. Can you tell me that I can do this? And here's what the priest said to him. And this is what has impacted me. This has helped me keep my focus in life. And that's the topic I've got today after that unbelievable story, which is believable, of the Lord Jesus being transfigured. We have to keep our focus on him. And here's what the priest said. Rudy, after 37 years in the ordained ministry, and that's how many years I've got in the ordained ministry now. Rudy, after 37 years in the ordained ministry, there are two things that I know with absolute certainty. And only two things. One, there is a God. And number two, I'm not him. Now that helps me when I look in the mirror, to remind myself who's actually in charge. Because we as humans, we do tend to get things out of order. I see it almost all the time in my ministry. Let me give you just an example from the not, not too recent past. Uh, a young couple came to me. They were graduate students in psychology, Texas A&M University. And they were so deeply in love, they had to get married. They had to. And they made an appointment to come see me at my parish. And they said, we just need to get married just as quick as we can. Now, 
red flag number one went up. <laughs> and so I said, well, have a seat. Tell me what's... Well, we're so deeply in love. And I could tell by the way they interacted with each other that their hormones were blazing. Just going crazy. And that was red flag number two. They let me know that they'd already moved in with each other. That was a big red flag number three. And so I, I let them talk a little bit. And I asked, you know, the Holy Spirit sometimes speaks to me and says, ask this question. I said, okay, let's just go through a couple of things so I can get to know you and just start by saying, what's the, what is the most traumatic thing that's ever happened to you in your life? And we'll start with you. And I pointed to the young woman. And she giggled. It's another red flag. And she said, well, I guess it would be, I guess it would be when my little puppy died several years ago. Okay. And looked at him, what's your most traumatic moment? He got really stiff and still. He started tearing up. And he began to describe as he was shaking from crying about how he had watched his own dad die unexpectedly from an accident. And he was just sobbing. And the more he talked and sobbed, the more she pulled away from him. And he was going on and on about how that had and I stopped him, and I looked at her and said, you didn't know this, did you? She went, uh-uh. I said, okay, it's great that this came out now. You go on, you go back, and get to know each other better. This is out of order. They had jumped way ahead in the physical part without having the spiritual bond. I really don't know what happened to them, but I pray for them when I think, when they come to my mind. It was out of order. We have to remember that we must keep our focus on what Jesus calls us to be and to do. We are holy people with a holy God who wants us to follow Him in the way of holiness and righteousness. And we can only do that by having a relationship with Him, and those two clearly did not. Example number two, and this happens so often, so often I just can't even count the numbers of time. A couple of weeks ago it came up again where someone talked to me on the phone and was saying, you know, Father Steve, you know, I used to, used to be active in church and I know I, I, I remember going through confirmation class and, you know, and I remember going and I remember, I remember all that. Haven't been in a while, but I've just got to tell you, I'm just not getting anything out of church anymore. I said, well, how much are you giving into the church? Don't you remember that our faith says it's in the giving that you receive, not in the taking. Jesus laid down his life for us and we give him our hearts and he feeds us and gives us what we need. But it was backwards to think, I've got to come and take all I can. No, no. God gives us all that we need with His blessings and His mercies. Jesus is with us every minute so He knows our needs even before we ask. And we are to give Him our heart. Not just once in a while. Not just, you know, on Sunday. 
not just when it's convenient, not just when we need divine help. We need divine help all the time. We give him ourselves all the time. And we have to keep our focus on him to do that. Now, keeping that in mind, let's look at this incredible lesson that we know so well, but maybe we don't know exactly what Jesus is actually calling us to do from hearing this lesson. Uh, before Jesus headed to Jerusalem for his final uh, battle with evil and his death on the cross, he went up to the farthest northern part of Israel, went up to the top of Mount Tabor, and took with him his three closest friends, Peter, James, and John. And while they were on this high mountain apart, where he was preparing them and preparing himself for the cross that was awaiting him and the agony that was awaiting them down in Jerusalem. And while they were there praying, suddenly Jesus was transfigured before them. The Greek in Matthew and the Greek in Mark use the Greek word metamorphose, from which we get metamorphosis. Uh, Luke doesn't even use that word in his Greek version. He just says the, the affect of Jesus' face changed. Something happened to Jesus that was defying words to explain. His face became glistening white as the light came from within him outward. His garments became glistening white as the light came from within him outwards. And the light of his countenance changed before them. And Suddenly, there with them were Moses and Elijah. Moses, who had been dead, quote, for 1,200 years. Elijah, who had been dead, quote, for 800 years. But there they were with Jesus, talking to him. Peter, overwhelmed, went to Jesus and said, Master, this is good that you're here with Moses and Elijah. Let me build three booths, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah, because he didn't know what he was saying. And even as he was speaking, suddenly a cloud formed around them, a bright cloud, sometimes called the shadow of a cloud, upon them. And a voice from above said, this is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. On hearing the voice, the three apostles fell over as though they were dead. Jesus came over, touched them, and when they looked up, it was Jesus there alone with them. And then Jesus helped them to their feet, and as they were going down the mountain, he said, don't tell anyone about this until after the Son of Man has risen from the dead. Now, normally we hear that story and we think, oh my gosh, that was life-changing. Well, for whom? Jesus was showing them his glorified body and it was life-changing for the three apostles for Peter, James, and John. We know it was because our second lesson today from 1 Peter, Peter says this, hey, when we spoke to you about this, we were not relying on cleverly devised myths. We were there with Him on the holy mountain. We saw Him. We heard the voice from the Father saying, 
this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Peter was probably writing that through Papias or one of his scribes 30 years later. And you can still hear the impact it had on his life. They were there with him and saw his glorified body. But after they fell over when they heard the voice, when they looked up, Jesus' body was back to the way it was. It was a temporary transfiguration. And it changed their lives. And then he wouldn't let them talk about it. Now what, we talk all the time, what, you know, when we read a book or we have a discussion group and we talk about, now what was your takeaway from that? What was Jesus' takeaway he gave to the three apostles? What were they supposed to do with that? He wouldn't let them stay upon the mountain. That's important. He wouldn't let them, let them build a monument. That's important. And he wouldn't let them talk about it. You see, Jesus continues to teach. Everything Jesus did or said continues to teach us. He's teaching us, first of all, that He is who He says He is. Peter, James, and John. And then after His resurrection, when His glorified body appeared, they all saw it. And He taught them for 40 days after His resurrection until His ascension. He is who He says He is. The only begotten Son of God. And mountaintop experiences, as important as they are, and I hope you've had some in your life, spiritual experiences that you have when you feel the presence of God with you, I hope you have those. Many people have them during Mass. More people than talk about them have them at, at Mass. But mountaintop experiences don't last. We take them into the valleys, just like Jesus led Peter, James, and John into the valley of life to live in the aspect of that spiritual experience among the people. And it's touching to remember that as they came down Mount Tabor, they went down and there was a commotion at the bottom of the mountain because there was a boy who had, uh, had some sort of affliction or possession where he kept throwing himself into the fire and and the, the, the father came to Jesus and said, I brought him to your disciples here and they can't do anything about it. Jesus took them apart and said, don't you remember? You've got to pray and fast and stay focused. When we get so excited from a spiritual experience, we should relish it internally and know that it is a gift from God to us to keep us going through the valleys of our lives. This is the, one of the greatest stories ever told. Uh, coming close, but not close, to the stories of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus because this was his giving his three closest friends a glimpse of his glory. And there are people who come to me and say, Father Steve, why can't he give me a glimpse of his glory? I said, what do you think happens at Mass? Who do you think we are coming forward to receive? Into our hands, into our mouth. What do you think is happening? You're getting more than a glimpse. You're getting Him. 
What do we think happens when we hear his word proclaimed aloud? We're hearing his word come into us and over us and through us and for us. Because sometimes we get things a little out of order. Sometimes we want to jump ahead a couple of spaces when we need to focus right now from minute to minute on the one who is with us, the same one, the very same Jesus who revealed himself on the mountain, the very same one, the same one who rose from the dead on Easter, the same Lord Jesus Christ who has spoken to good men and women and children throughout the centuries and raised them up into his presence, nourishing them, feeding them, and then when their days in life are finished, he carries them over the grave and the gate of death into eternity. The very same one, and he's with us. And if you get confused like I do, remember old Rudy Rudiger talking to the priest at Notre Dame. And the priest said, Rudy, in 37 years of the ordained ministry, there are only two things that I know with certainty. One, there is a God. And number two, I'm not him. I wish you'd added a third thing. And he loves you with his whole heart. Listen to him. Trust him. Obey him. And let him lead you through this life, no matter what happens, and into eternity, where he is right now preparing a place in his kingdom for each one of us.